0: Good morning, church. Good morning. It's a great privilege to be here this morning, and also to share fellowship with those that are worshiping from home. My name is Hannah, and I'm a member of Jubilee Church, and I would always say it's a privilege to be in this place. It is a privilege to be a member of Jubilee Church. And in the past couple of months, things have changed, and we all know why. COVID-19 pandemic has turned everything upside down, downside up, whatever direction it is or the experiences that you might have had. It has also been an experience and an opportunity for us to reconsider and re-examine things personally because so many changes have taken place. Things that we might never have imagined for instance, walking from home. Some few years back, I remember I wanted to walk from home one day, and my manager said, no you can't. But now it's happening. We've also seen the expression of church change. Church has evolved, and we've also been having church from home. And not only that, we've also been giving consideration to what is important. For me, it's been a personal time of reflection because of all the changes I was never, never imagined. What is really, really important? And with regards to this, as a church also, in the past weeks, we've been looking at what the church as a family means. And we've been examining the uniqueness of this family by paying close attention to what makes it us. What makes it us? So starting from the main fact that this is us is being a body or family made up of different parts, united under Christ. We've also looked at what the church family means in terms of those values that sets us apart from the earthly biological families that we're all part of. And very, very importantly, we've also looked at how the culture around us can be impacted through us. I want us to pray now. Father, we want to thank you for another opportunity to fellowship. Your word says where two or three are gathered, in your name you are there. We recognize your presence in our midst right from the worship coming into here. Lord, we thank you because you love us so much. And you sent your son to die for us. And we can come together as a family, not in fear, but in awe of your greatness, of your love and your mercy. Even as we continue this morning, we ask that you speak to us once again. Your word that is life, that is quick, that is active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, touch us, meet us at the very point of our need this morning, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So today we'll be looking at the topic, We Are a Holy Family. And just like last Sunday, when Mark looked at commitment as an individual relationship with Jesus, this morning also the focus is on why and what our individual role, you, me, everyone sat here, is as a part of a holy family. I want us to start, first of all, by looking at the word holiness, as I believe this will guide our understanding of the why and the what, what we need to be as individuals in this holy family. So what is holiness? Holiness simply means to be completely separate and sinless. I'm sure we'll be wondering, is that really possible? to be completely separate and sinless. It is a subject that some might not be comfortable with to talk about because we think it's about rules, don't, don't do this, don't do this, or it's also about feeling guilty, being ashamed. But I want us to remember that the Christian life the life that God expects of every one of us is a call to holy living, is a call to holiness. For me, this brings true freedom and joy. And why would I say freedom and joy? Because it's freedom from the manipulation of Satan and slavery to sin, It's freedom from those addictions that people are suffering from. It's freedom from so many things and calamities that the sin can trap one into. It's true freedom from slavery. In Galatians chapter five, verse one, it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And if you go further down in verses 19 to 21, we see how this yoke of slavery is evidence. It says the acts of the flesh, King James Version says the works of the flesh. So the acts of the flesh, the manifestation of sin, that slavery, are obvious, and what's today? Sexual immorality. Impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, the list is long, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, urges and the like, meaning ETC, or and so on and so forth. And going on in that same scripture, it says, I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, what is holiness? I love this quote by J.C. Ryle, which says, Holiness is the habit of being of one mind with God, According as we find his mind described in Scripture, it is the habit of agreeing in God's judgment, hating what he hates, loving what he loves, and measuring everything in this world by the standard of his word. So holiness, therefore, is a choice to walk in the path of God rather than of Satan. So why then are we a holy family? So why are we talking about this this morning? The first thing is God is holy. Our father, the father of this holy family, is a holy God. The scripture tells us that God is sinless and cannot tolerate sin. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, which says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So as children of God, our Father in heaven is holiness personified. Hence, the family we have become part of is a holy family. So that's the origin of us being saying we are a holy family. This is what makes the Christian family different and unique from the biological families we all come from. Because we are children of a holy God who is described in Scripture as thrice holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. This was repeated in the Old Testament, and the new testament this is an attribute of god that is repeated thrice with there's nowhere in scripture we see merciful 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 god or loving 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 it says holy 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 from where i come from it's very obvious calling you thrice has a huge significant meaning. So when a parent calls you, and I'll call my son's name, yesoko, 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 he knows something else is coming. <laughs> it's either trouble or warning, or it means you better listen and listen very hard. In the Jewish tradition as well, three means completeness and stability. Therefore, thrice holy emphasizes God's perfect holiness, a level humans, you, everyone around us can never, never achieve. Hence, what do we do? We worship this God that through the saving grace of Jesus wants me, considers me, and all I have to do is worship him in the beauty of his holiness. In 1 Peter 2, verse nine, it says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. In verse 10, it goes on to say, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This holy God loves us so much. A commonly used phrase that we all know, the apple does not fall far from the tree, we know literally means a child's quality, a child's lifestyle, is not expected to be anything different from that of the parents. Another phrase is a chip off the old block. So as Christians, in this holy family, children of a holy God, we are meant to be a chip off the old block of our holy father. We are meant to be a mirror of the God, reflecting his holiness, despite the culture of the world we live in. The culture of compromise. A culture where evil is celebrated. You just need to put on your television for five minutes and you understand what I'm saying. A culture where good is tolerated or taunted. That people make fun of you when you take the stance to be different and you hear things like, what are you trying to prove? Or, oh really? You want to show you are better than us? And for us, the easy way out, or for everyone, myself included, is to blend in. And I have found that times that I have failed or compromised has been when I'm trying to blend in to please people or to please someone. But yet, but yet God's expectation for me, for us, for everyone here, is in First Peter 1, which says, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Verse 17 says, since you call on a father, who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. And so, why are we called to holy living is for us to be a chip off the old block. Closely related to this is the next point I'm going to be sharing, and which is to make a difference. Where holy family in order for us to make a difference. The primary purpose of the holy family in 1 Peter 2 verse 8 that we read is that, you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And this again is a reflection of God, that we are mirroring God. If we look at this very closely, it draws attention The way we mirror God to those people around us that do not know God. So when we portray the life of God, it's an opportunity for anyone around us to be able to ask us questions, I've been looking at you, there's something very different about you. What could that be? And that's an opportunity to be a witness to say, it's all linked to my faith. First Peter 1 says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. The world today therefore needs more reflectors of God and not deflectors of God. And what do I mean by that? That people can actually say, because of you, I want to come to your church. Because of you, what is it that is so special about you? Rather we say, mm, mm, mm. if it's, this is how Christians are, I'd rather go to hell. And that would not be our experience in the mighty name of Jesus. So as a holy family, in our individual lives, it is a daily choosing to represent God by being an example whether it is convenient or not. This quote by Charles Spurgeon says, in proportion as a church is holy, in that proportion will its testimony for Christ be powerful. So if you want to see things begin to happen, we want to see people drawn to asking questions, then we have to step up in living as how God wants us to live. The third reason why is Jesus paid the ultimate price for us. Jesus, our high priest, we're told in the Bible, atoned once and for all for our sins. What the blood of bulls, lambs could not do, what in our feeble attempts we cannot achieve in getting to God, his death removed that barrier. When he died, we're told in Scripture, the veil in the temple was turned from top to bottom. The barrier was broken. When he cried, it was finished on the cross. And this signifies for us that we can approach God's presence, not on our own merits, but through the righteousness we claim by his shed blood for our sins. Therefore, when we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, we carry the presence of God in our body because of the sacrifice of Jesus. In Ephesians chapter five, from verses one to two, he says, "Follow God's examples, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the love, in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God." So the motivation for us to live a life that is pleasing to God the motivation to pursue a life of holiness is in love, in appreciation, in honor of the redemptive work of salvation that we enjoy very freely. It is not about a holier-than-thou attitude that I'm better than any other person, or on the extreme spectrum, it's not a freedom or a license to continue to live in sin because Jesus has forgiven all. But is a humble appreciation in love of His grace, of His mercy, that sets us free from the bondage of sin, and most importantly, the assurance of eternal peace with God beyond this life. I want us to remember, the devil is not a gentleman. A pastor that I know used to say that. He would say, the devil is not a gentleman. Do you know his age? Can you equate your 30 years or 70 to the age of the devil? He knows far more than you. And his mission is nothing but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The devil is not interested in anything about anyone, be the youngest or the oldest person, All he's out to do is to ensure you fall short. He wants us to remain slaves to sin. He wants us to live according to his evil schemes and standards, which is contrary to God's standard. And so, the choice of holiness, the choice of being a part of a holy family is this. You either choose God's way or Satan's way. So what is my role as an individual in the holy family? The first one is a life that is soaked in the word of God. That we read and read and read and meditate on this word of God, which in Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. That we have this word, we're so soaked in it that it gives us the power to be able to stand and resist. It's also the second thing, making a choice to obey. So it's not all about reading and having the word in our heart or in our head or anywhere. It's about making a personal choice to be obedient to God's word. To be obedient to the rights and wrongs of God's standard of living. The third one is watching and praying. We've done this in time past, we've looked at these scriptures. Matthew, Mark 14, verse 38, Jesus speaking to his disciples says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation because the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. As long as we're in this flesh, it's a battle against sin. And Jesus is saying we need to watch and watching means i wouldn't carry my two legs and walk into that thing that i know is going to be put me into trouble like this is going to fall down so i wouldn't intentionally kick this thing because it will fall i wouldn't intentionally go where i'm not supposed to go so it's a choice is a choice to be obedient to god's standards And it's also about fortifying ourselves in prayer, seeking strength from him. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And when we do fall, when I make that mistake, when I do what I'm not supposed to do, the fourth thing is confessing and repenting. When we miss it, It's about coming back to our senses and say, Lord, have mercy, forgive me. Because when we humble repentance, ask God for forgiveness, the Bible says he will forgive. So we need to stand up. A little child trying or learning how to work, if he falls down, does he remain on the floor? No, he doesn't even know that he has, he gets up. Sometimes the attention seeking one will check and sees anybody watching, and if nobody watch, dusts himself and gets up. But if he sees mommy do, <gasps> then he starts crying. But that child does get up, doesn't it? Yes. He does get up, and that's the same with us. We make a mistake, we get up and stand up, and as Jesus would say, "Do it no more." And that is the second chance that Steve preached about two weeks ago. He is a God of second chance. He never gives up on anyone. And the fifth point for us, our role as individual, my role, your role, is a conscious daily and lifelong dependence on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to give us the strength to be able to stand. This is one of the values of Regions Beyond. That is to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. As members, we are to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. The power comes from Him because, in our strength, like I earlier said, we cannot match the devil that is not a gentleman. In our strength, we cannot live to the standard of God's holiness. But it is for me, for you, to be deliberate in reliance on the Holy Spirit to transform us as individuals. In Galatians chapter five verse 24, he says, "Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit." A quote by Mark Driscoll that I want to read, which just captures everything is. It says, the renewal of the image of God, the renewal of the image of God in man is a process that God walks in believers over the course of their lifelong sanctification by the Spirit. In other words, it's daily from the day you accept Jesus, every day God is working in you through his Holy Spirit and taking away and removing all those things that does not represent him, if we allow him to. So in conclusion, the Holy Family is a family that in our individual lives, I, you, everyone in the family reflects or mirrors God's character exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit. And what are those fruits of the Spirit? Galatians chapter five, verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such thing there is no law. We are a holy family, and the only way the world can know that we are a holy family is when they see love, when they see joy in you, when they see peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, the practicality of these, is what will show the world that we're truly a holy family. We need more of these fruits more than ever before in the days we live in to negate the evil around us. We need more of this. That is how the world will know that we are indeed a holy family, that the love is there in our community that we show the joy, the peace, the gentleness, the self-control, which the Bible says, against such things there is no law. But the starting point is a relationship with Jesus. If you are here this morning or you are watching online and you don't have that relationship, to live a holy life, It's something that is unattainable. And you can make that choice today, going God's way by asking Jesus into your life as you pray this morning. And if you are a Christian and it has been a struggle, you have the chance again to start afresh, asking for the Holy Spirit to fill you. I want us to pray now. Father, we thank you. We give you praise, O Lord. We thank you for an opportunity to remind it that you are a holy God, a thrice holy God. And that you loved us so much to send your son Jesus to die on the cross of Calvary. And because of that, we can stand before you, not condemned, but we can lift up our hands in awe of you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit that you have given unto us to help us walk this walk in holiness. We want to pray, Lord, for as many that are watching or are here this morning and have not had an encounter with you, that, Lord, this morning will be an opportunity for them to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, take over my life. And Jesus, help me to walk this walk. I want to ask, is there anyone that wants to give their life to Jesus? To pray that prayer. Lord, I believe you died for me. And you rose again. Forgive me my sins and come into my heart. And I also want to ask if anyone here, you need afresh the Holy Spirit to help you. I want you to cry out, Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, fill my heart. Help me. I need you. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise forevermore. Thank you because you finished that work and you set us free. We give you praise forevermore. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. like to sleep.